0: welcome to another episode of the collapsing game shelf podcast a podcast by a group of humanity's greatest civilizations with too many board games I'm Babylon Tom and I'm joined by
1: holicanasss Justin oh boy
2: um uh, the hanging gardens Adam <laughs>
3: <laughs> um
1: B- Babylonian uh, Adam
2: uh, yes Alex yes said. I was I was Babylonian damn it oh shit uh the the I'm I'm Adam from Rhodes. The Colossus.
3: I'm I'm gonna go with Alexandria, Debbie. <laughs> Sounds
1: pretty good. Yeah, the math checks out. All right, good.
2: <laughs> that was a rough go. Holy shit!
1: <laughs> you, it's
2: very on the spot. You
1: know? you, you started something there, Tom.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I, I I was thinking about warning you, but I I figured this was funnier. Uh, <laughs> Fair. This is a, this is a podcast ostensibly about playing board games that are in our collections and then talking about them and deciding whether whether they're good enough to stick around. Today we are going to be talking about a game you may have heard of called Seven Wonders, uh by Anton Bowza, which I'm probably Bowser? mispronouncing that. Bo- Bows- Bowser? Bowza?
2: Bowza. No, I think it's like B A U
0: There's no R no. on there. Bowza. I think it's yeah. Bowser. He's no giant turtle. No. I mean Poopa. Yeah, no. I mean I've never met him.
2: Fair. Anyway, Very
0: seven wonders back of the box going now. Lead one of the seven great cities of the ancient world. Exploit the natural resources of your lands, take part in the eternal march of progress, develop your commercial relationships and assert your military might. Leave your mark in the history of civilization by building an architectural marvel that will transcend the ages to come. Seven wonders is a strategy game for two to seven players. And uh more than thirty international awards, apparently on the back here. I must have a later copy than than when this came out in twenty ten.
3: Yeah, we have the but, same one uh, as you.
0: Yes, yeah, one a boatload of awards it's uh, it's it's everywhere i'd be shocked if you hadn't heard of this one <laughs> anyway seven wonders is a game about uh about building up a civilization what you're gonna do is you're gonna get yourself a a, a civilization board which tells you whether you're babylon or rhodes or uh alexandria so, sorry babylon rhodes alexandria rome i think up be up in there so giza rome, giza
2: yep Sorry, yes Giza not Pisa very different yes
0: oof I think the intent is to have uh, have cities or countries that are representative of where the seven wonders of the world are which I know based on playing a lot of civilization six that it involves like the Hanging Gardens. The Colossus. Um, Pyramids. The Pantheon. Pyramids. Pyramids is a good one. I'm trying to figure out what the one for Rome would be. Uh, I like the Colosseum, is there maybe?
1: One for oh, Rome? It's a,
0: oh, it's Olympia. Now it's Olympia.
1: Isn't that in Greece? Oh, there you go.
0: I mean, it's, it, is it really all that different? Anyway, moving on. So <laughs> the way this game works <laughs> is you got a shitload of cards and uh, I, or I'll start with the board. So everyone's going to get their board. You're going to have a, a A side and a B side or a day and a night depending on how new your version is I think. And uh, it's going to give you a little thingy in the top left hand corner which tells you what resource you are going to start with because you're going to need resources to play cards through the game because cards is what it's all about except when it's not except when it's about building your wonder your wonder which is uh listed sort of across the bottom of your your placard. Uh, each stage of your wonder is going to be consisting of your the bonus that you get as well as the uh, as well as the cost or what resources you need to have available to you when you want to build that stage of the wonder Um, some of the some of the rewards get a little spicy but in general you start with uh you start with some points and then usually in the middle you get some sort of weird bonus and then at the end you get some more points that's usually on the a side the b side is where things get a little spicy and they start going a little bit weird i'm just sort of taking most of this off the back of the box, so you'll have to excuse me if I miss anything super important, but everyone is going to be seated around the table. Um, You are going to have your board in front of you, which has the first resource that is available to you. Um, Importantly, with this game, anytime you're paying for something, you just have to have the number of symbols available to you. So if something comes along and it costs three brick, you just have to have three brick on your board available to you. And if you don't have three brick available to you, but your neighbor does, you can always just give them money to be able to have access to that brick. So if I were to try to play something that cost two brick and a wood, and all I had was brick lying around, I could either look at uh, my left where Debbie is or my right where Adam is. And if either of them have some wood, I can give them $2 and have access to their wood. This is sort of simulating a sort of trade relationship. Interestingly, with this game, it is only... And I think this is, I don't know that there's any exceptions to this. It is only your neighbors that you can affect or have an effect on you. That is correct. So you can only ever trade with your neighbors. You can only ever buy stuff from your neighbors. And there are going to be some cards in the third stage that, uh, or mostly in the third stage, I should say, which allow you to get points based on what your neighbors have as well as what you have. And uh, it sort of goes from there.
3: And you can't refuse.
0: Right. You can't just say like, no, I'm not trading with you. You just like, they just hand you money and they get the resource, but it doesn't take away the resource from you. So it's really just in your benefit to just, you know, just get the money. Um At the end of the game, money can be worth points, but you can also, there are cards that you can uh, buy using money, but it's mostly for like this trading mechanic. The way the game works is uh, there are three decks. There's age one, age two, age three. Um, I don't know if this has changed in newer versions. Uh, You're going to be playing this game over three rounds. Um, To start with, you pull out your your deck one and you're going to deal out uh, a number of cards to each player equal to the number of players plus one i think or is it two times do you go around twice
2: no it's you uh you get you deal out seven cards seven cards is the
0: oh it's it's always is, is
2: the number it's always sevens
0: it's like just a slot machine. Lucky, lucky sevens. Lucky sevens, seven. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So everyone's going to get seven cards. And what you're going to do is you're going to look through your, uh, your, your starting hand from age one. You're going to be like, well, do I want the thing that gives me one lumber or the thing that gives me five points? So what you're going to do is you're going to pull one of the cards from the cards that are in your hand. You're going to put it in front of you and you're going to wait until everyone has picked a card. Then you reveal the card. You either pay for it and get to add it to your... Um, your stack of resources, you can discard that card to get three bucks, or you can use it to build a stage of your wonder. And those are always the three options available to you. Once everybody has completed the action with that card, you take your hand of cards and you pass it to the person to your right. You keep doing this, uh, playing cards, putting them in front of you, making them into wonder pieces or whatever, and and, and passing them to the right until you're left with two cards, at which point you pick which one you want to stick with and the other one just gets binned for the rest of the game. At which point you will go on to age two, which has more advanced cards, more exciting cards, Um, you do the same thing. You deal out seven to every person. You play some, pass them, uh, play some, bin some to get money or use them for wonders and keep passing it around until the same thing happens. Age three is much the same. Um, Age one has mostly like really shitty, like, oh, you get one wood. And then age two, you start getting things like the secondary resources, which are like glass and pottery and um, like, uh, what's the what's the like uh, textiles and so everything sort of continues to build on itself as you go through the ages. One interesting thing about building stuff is that there are some cards which allow you to uh, that that naturally progress to cards in the future in future ages. So getting something like the baths will allow you to get another card of the same that, that has like this sort of tech tree going on, uh, whether regardless of whether you have the appropriate materials available to you, if you have this, like, free bonus card. You can just build stuff. Um, and that's essentially how the game works mechanically is you're playing these cards in front of you to get resources to build up your engine. You're building up your wonder and you're getting money and trading with people. The thing is, is that there are a ton of cards. They come in a bunch of different flavors. You've got your uh, brown resource cards. So those are like the basic resources. Silver cards are the secondary ones. So that's like your glass and your pottery. Red, which is military. Green is science Yellow is trade, and blue is just, like, civil works kind of thing um blue is usually the least interesting because what it just gets you points yellow usually has to do with trading so it usually has to deal with affecting people to your left or your right or getting you discounts on uh buying resources from each other science is kind of spicy because they have like uh, icons on them and the more of the same icon you get the more points you get but also there's like a set of icons that you can get and so if you get through a set of these three different ones you get points so that's a way to get points at the end of the game. Military is a little bit confusing, not confusing, but complicated. So the way military works is you add up the number of shields that are on these red cards. And at the end of the age, so once everybody's done with their cards, you look at the person to your left and you say, how many shields do you have? And they say one, you say, well, I have two. I get a point, you lose a point. Oh, well, shit. You look to the person you your right, and you say, how many do you have? And he's like, three. You're like, well, I only got two. So you lose a point, and they get a point. So the way military works is that you want to have more shields than your left and right neighbors, but not so many that you, like, blow them out of the water, because, like, a difference of one or two doesn't make a difference. It doesn't matter whether you have seven to their zero or one to their zero. You still beat them. And the bonuses for beating the shit out of your neighbors gets higher and higher, but the penalty stays the same so at the end of age three if you're beating up on your neighbors you get like uh, five points they still only lose one but you know being able to conk your neighbors on the head for 10 points is you know kind of it's a good bonus at the end of the day you generally don't want to be losing points but also again the red cards are kind of dead if they're not really working into your strategy and then the the brown and gray ones are just getting you stuff to buy other cards. Um, There's also at the end of H3, there are guilds which are a little bit bonkers and they're usually having to do with like, oh, if the person on your right and the person on your left have... Green cards, you get points equal to the number of their green cards that they have, that kind of thing. They are, uh, at the beginning of the game, you sort of pick or you deal out a bunch of these guild cards because there's more age three cards than there are other cards of the other ages. So you have to sort of trim the deck down a little bit. Um, That's kind of the lightning round overview of how this works. Uh, again, there are different powers based on the Wonders that are available to you. So there are some some of the civilizations allow you to do things like build for free once you've built the second stage of your Wonder, or um, Halicarnassus, I think, lets you root through the discard pile and build things for free. So the, the cards that were sort of left over can be used. And so there's some like variability in that. But in general, you're going to be playing with the same Age 1, 2, and 3 decks um, and building up your little, little things. And uh, counting up the points on your cards and then counting up whether you have bonuses from your science and your military victories and then your money and then figuring out who wins. And that's essentially how Seven Wonders works in a nutshell. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Like, this is only the base game. There are a bunch of expansions which add in things like leaders. So there's leaders that you can pick at the beginning of the game, which also alter the rules. And I think there's one where you build the fucking Tower of Babylon, which I've never played, but it has a giant board. Um, But yeah, uh, interestingly, this is a game that comes with a, a... or sports a completely whack number of players. So it plays from two to seven because... Seven is the thing, seven's right. The so number. seven's Seven. the
2: lucky number.. Yeah.
0: And it's, you know, the rare game where no matter how many people you play with, it's probably going to take the same amount of time unless someone is like just sitting there staring at their cards because everyone's doing everything at the same time. The only thing that really increases is the amount of time it takes you to deal out and whether that one person is, you know, being very slow with their picks. Uh, so it's an interesting game in that respect as well. It's also incredibly fast for a game that can play up to seven people uh, because, the turns are always the same length. You know, you, got, you start with seven cards, you play six rounds, you ditch that last card, you're drafting constantly. One thing I did forget is that every round you change who you're passing to. So first round is clockwise, second round is counterclockwise, third round is clockwise, unless you want to mix it up. I think it doesn't really matter, but it's important that you're not always passing to the same person every round. Uh, yeah, I think that's Seven Wonders in a nutshell. Did I forget anything super important?
2: Uh, no, no, it sounds, it sounds like he got it all. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, it's, it's funny cause this game is complicated, but not, <laughs> you know, like when you, yeah. when you realize all the, the many, 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 many different things that you have the options of doing and. There are numerous avenues to victory. Whether that means you take more of a military route or a scientific route, or you're just going for like the civil buildings just to get raw points. Um, there is there are numerous options on on how you can go about doing things. So when you're listening to an explanation of the game, and it's like, well, you could do this or this or this or this or this or this yeah. or that, and and it it kind of becomes a little overwhelming at times for for people who are maybe you know like first time players to seven wonders and that sort of stuff but honestly um the game the game is just one of those where where it really just lends itself to just pick it up give it a try um you'll probably get kind of thumped yep. in your first game or two and then all of a sudden things will start to click and it'll
1: just be like oh this really isn't complicated at all yeah <laughs> you know yeah it's one of those games that there are yeah just like you said so many avenues to get points like anything you do gets you a point somehow maybe later maybe not right now but you'll you'll get points for doing anything so it's one of the ones where it has really actually very simple rules it's you play a card if you can get the resources and it it does something and Probably just gets you points, which is good. And uh, the main, like, kind of, I think, hook of the game is kind of figuring out your strategy about how how to get all those points, all of them, all the science. Give me the science. Don't take my science cards, Tom.
0: Oh, oh, I'm taking the science cards, but you know what I'm not doing? I'm not playing them. I'm just throwing them in the garbage because I know you need them. <laughs>
1: oh, hate draft <laughs>
0: like an <laughs>
1: asshole. And that's how we learn about hate drafting. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's. And that's the the interest. Like, I think one of the really interesting things about this game is that, like, again, you're just playing mostly with your neighbors, and so you generally don't like like you're watching what people are doing, but you really don't give a shit what the person like three down from you is doing. So, like, like in a learning game or from a learning game perspective as well, that can be really handy because, like, if you're playing with four people, you can just ask the person directly across from you that has like almost no stake in what you're doing, like for help. That could be an option too because. Because like they're not really they're not trading with you they're not really invested in what your strategy is because they're too busy getting like absolute trash from their <laughs> you know yeah. you their neighbors in
1: a lot of ways both the person across from you and yourself will have kind of similar strategies about keeping your mutual neighbors down so he's not going to presumably screw you over because he doesn't want to help the guy to his left or right
0: yeah if you see that adam's just like gobbling up all the uh i don't know stone tablets or whatever for science <laughs> objectives you know you're probably both sort of eyeing that and saying well i really don't want to like i'm not doing science but i really can't let him have more all these science cards because it's just going to get out of hand because i think the the way the science ones works is like the more you have of them you get like times the number of symbols or something like that i have to so it's the
2: ahead. it's the number the number of each so if i have i mean it's a little weird but if i have four if i have four tablets um then i get four points per tablet i have really it's exponential yeah. isn't it yeah it's it's, it's it's n it's n times n
0: we uh we played this again on we've been on a board game arena kick so I, I honestly don't remember how the scoring works for the tablets or for the for the science symbols i know that you get like seven points if you have for every set of like tablet compass uh tablet cog. compass
2: cog mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know it's a it's like a it's a like a cog like, yeah. a, cog and like a, a cog in a wheel yeah so it's if it's you wrong. have a, if you have a set of three it's seven points and then for each individual one it's n times n
0: And the science ones also generally have, they they provide you with more free cards, quote unquote free, like the upgraded cards. So yeah. So if you decide that you're just going in on science early, you can like opt to do that and not really worry about. Picking up sort of resources, you could just be really, really into gears. I guess sort of like some sort of steampunk civilization. Yeah. There's a lot of different strategies. Sorry, go ahead.
3: Sorry, one thing that I I know that we learned from playing it on Board Game Arena um, that I don't know that we realized in the uh, tabletop version is that you can't have two of the same card with the name like the same name on them, um, which mm-hmm. does make a difference. And I I'm fairly certain we've played it before where you can have kind of multiples which means that you know one person can very easily stock up on you know the more
1: the two stones than they could ever need yeah
3: exactly like you could Basically, try to hoard that that resource, um, and that's one thing that we learned playing it on board game arena. Is that you actually can't do that, so you can only have one card kind of per card name, um, which is good to know because that that definitely is a strategy to be had.
0: Yeah, I think, and I think it's it, it it caught me by surprise as well, mostly because Adam just started swearing <laughs> at his browser. Like, what do you mean I can't play this? Fuck you! Um, but it just, I think, like I've played this a ton not not probably not as much as a lot of people but you know i've played it quite a bit and i don't remember ever like running across that rule so it's probably like fairly rare but i guess it's yeah it's and i think it probably only comes up in like age one where there's like copies of clay pit or whatever you know the yeah. thing that gets you like a brick uh because i don't think that there's that many duplicates as you keep going on but i haven't rifled through the cards in a very long time so i could be wrong but yeah definitely good to know
3: yeah and we did we did play this on a date night episode uh the the, the two-player
1: version, version. yeah oh, so, seven wonders duel mm-hmm uh, yeah. That one's quite good. I enjoyed that one. It's just
2: a, it's a more, it's, it's, it's really the seven wonders game. That's been just distilled and, um, optimized for the two player experience because playing two player full on seven wonders now, like you could do it, but uh, I don't know if it would really be, I mean, you can, you can do anything really. I just, <laughs> I just don't know if it would really be the best experience fair point
0: yeah i had a, I had the most interesting game of seven wonders duel the one time when i was playing teaching this to a, a buddy from work and uh he is the most conflict averse person i've ever met so anytime like a military card would come up he would just eat it and like not play it just so that we wouldn't be it wouldn't be fighting it was <laughs> it was very funny
1: there shall be peace
0: uh anyway uh, yeah it's um I think it's pretty deserving of the awards it got. Um, in you know twenty eleven, it's got the Kenner Spiel de Yars on here on on the back of the box, you know, 30 awards. I think it was a, uh, at the time it was a pretty fresh new idea, sort of combining the card drafting mechanic that, you know, any Magic the Gathering draft player is intimately familiar with of getting handed a bunch of crap and having to make do with it. Um, and, uh, and sort of making that, you know, palatable to player's of all ages and you know just just making it into a into a neat little game where you're just building up an engine and sort of creating a, a a civilization in a way that feels it feels correct like it feels like this is how you know like your an evolution of a of a civilization might go um without making it to like you know bashing people in the face um One thing I I think like and I don't I'm kind of rambling here, but like I find that the trade and the military are the most interesting parts of this because they found a way to make like getting resources that you don't have generally always possible unless you're like completely broke in a way that I find is interesting. Like just giving the person to the left of you money and being granted access to their resource rather than them having like chips lying in front of them that are a finite resource or a finite thing that they have to use. And like, I just find that the the way that they've implemented the resource and the trade is very elegant in that it cuts down, like having to have extra tokens or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the military is interesting because it does feel for the most part, like, you know, you're, uh building up an army because you're spending you're spending time and resources to sort of get these swords which really don't do much if you're not fighting other people or like they don't do much very often but like they can give you that boost at the it end feels almost
1: kind of binary sometimes
0: yeah, like, if you're not doing it, you might as well just, like, totally not do it. Yeah. But if you're if you're in a race with somebody else, it's probably worth, like, spending the cards to do it. So it's kind of like one of those things, again, like, if nobody's doing military, then, like, everybody's a little bit happier because they can just sit there and build up on their thing. But as soon as somebody grabs that one three, uh, three sword and shield card that pops up, like, it's all of a sudden like, oh, you motherfucker, <laughs> because all of a sudden you have to, like bring this back into the equation where like now do I have to worry about getting these red cards so that I don't lose a couple of points. Um so it's interesting because it is it is presenting this conflict mechanic but it's also not like too bad, you know, as a as someone who's played a decent number of, you know, punch in the face sort of board games, I do lament that like the 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 military aspect doesn't feel very um, like it's not something that's really worth pursuing mm-hmm. beyond a certain point. Um, but I think it's probably for the best that this game doesn't devolve into, you know, everybody getting mad at each other and, or like blowing up cards or stealing resources or something like that, I think would probably been too much. So. Yeah.
1: Well, I think is I, this game's a lot newer than I thought it was for whatever reason. I thought it was far older, but my, I remember playing it Kind of, uh, it was one of my first introductions to card drafting in board games, and I thought the way it does the trading and the military quite elegant because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't dilute the game into becoming, you know, a bargaining game like Catan or a war game like uh, like Risk or something. It it stays focused and it keeps it allows that conflict and that trade to happen it gives you some avenues to get resources you don't have or you know beat up on your neighbor because you want to but it doesn't uh, you know slow down the game where you have to like you know beg your neighbor for resources and try to come to a deal or you know feel like you're you know killing somebody you know wiping them off the board and like there's you don't have to worry about player elimination or anything all you're really doing is you know you're just losing a point and I, i'm gaining a point it, it's not the worst thing to lose a military conflict it's you know it's just kind of something to think about and uh kind of paints it more on the kind of cost benefit where it's like sure i could build up a military and stop them but i'm really only losing a couple points i'd rather just spend my turns you know building you know, some nice statues or this Parthenon. Uh, so, it, yeah. And because of that, I've found it plays really well in kind of a family setting uh, where you don't, you know, have to worry about, you know, stealing all the resources from your mom and feeling bad about it. You're just you're just having a little light conflict, a little skirmish dispute. Don't worry about it. You know, you're just going to lose a point. But uh, look, I have all this brick, so you'll be able to buy brick from me. So, you know, we it's, we, it's a still a win-win.
0: It is kind of funny to imagine the scenario um, where you hand somebody four dollars to use their resources so that you can build like an army to go and stomp them. That
1: also happens, yeah.
0: It happens more than you'd think. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, you know pretty elegant game, fast. Um, I think it's you know it's an it's one of these games where I've almost probably played it enough that I'm like, okay, you know I'm not really you know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of these ones where I think it's really good. It's a really good game. It's, uh, it's starting to lose my interest. Um, it's, it's still fun to play, but it's not one that I'm typically going to pull out. Now, one of the things I will say is I haven't really played it with any of the expansions, so I don't know if there's enough there to sort of, like, reinvigorate the whole thing. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of pluses to this game. There's a lot of really good things about it. It's elegant, and, it, you know, it won a shitload of awards, and I think it's for uh, for a good reason. Um, so, yeah, it's it's good. It's a good game. I don't have really much else to say about it.
3: I think the the one thing that I I probably disagree with you guys a little bit on is um, I like I understand from the from a from a basic kind of. Uh, what's the thing that I'm thinking of? Like a strategy point of view, it is fairly easy. But when you bring forward a game that has so many different ways to win or to get points, it does tend to kind of become a little confusing as well because you don't necessarily know which way to go and kind of how to how to really attack your your own board, let alone paying attention to somebody else's to you know try to withhold cards from them, and so on and so forth. Um, So I I don't, I mean, it's not a hard game, I agree, but it's not the easiest game either. Um, I can see how it's very easily overwhelming. It took me a really long time, actually, to really wrap my head around this game. Um, I think in person, this game's a lot harder to play, and I think that it is, uh, it does actually take quite a while. I know that we've had games that, you know, we've had seven-player games that I've run Much longer than they probably should have. Um, and I don't know why they take that long. I don't know what causes that. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that you really have to kind of contemplate. Um, and when you're, when you're drafting, if you're not used to drafting, sometimes it's hard to choose a single card out of all the cards because you don't, right? You could pick, uh, one card that you think is going to help you to get towards one goal. And then the draft comes along and the draft is kind of, uh, leans an entirely different way. And you end up in a situation where you're like, you know, oh, fuck, I should have taken XYZ card last time instead of this one. And, you know, do you, do you change your, do you change the way that you're attacking the game? because that yeah. causes problems and like I can see how this game is not the easiest like it is when you understand it and it is when you get used to that that mechanic but until you get there um I don't think it's the easiest game I think it does have some you know innate difficult sides to it <laughs> the digital version of this I think kind of helps you get around that a little bit. It makes it much less overwhelming. You don't have, honestly, the, the footprint of this game when you have seven players around a table and each player has 15 cards tucked Around their board in a way that they have to be able to see certain (laughs) aspects of each card, like the footprint, and it gets so overwhelming so quickly and so easily that I think the digital version of this helps that a lot. And I think that it does make it a lot easier. So I think that if this is the kind of game that you think you would like, if you're a real drafting style kind of person... This is a really good game for that mechanism, but I would advise playing it online because it does cut your s- the the longevity of the game. It, it makes it a whole lot quicker, um, and it makes it a lot less overwhelming for anybody that you're trying to bring in. Right for anybody yeah. that you're like trying to suck into your little spider web.
1: <laughs> I think you're you're absolutely right there, Debbie. In and I, I guess yeah, I don't want to diminish the game uh, by saying. It's easy I guess I, I find the rules in the end are f- simple which allows for that kind of depth as that you described and yeah it's one of those games that it's gonna take you a while to master like don't don't go into this thinking you're just gonna nail it because there are tons of avenues and you know I think a good way well I mean the way I approach most games is I go in and I just kind of you know, throw shit at the wall and see what sticks uh, as the saying goes um, but it's a game that it's going to take a while to get used to the avenues. And uh, but I, I think that helps its longevity in the end. Um, so it's it's not a, a simple game by any means or an easy one, I suppose.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think I think it's a really good point to make. I guess uh, my my perspective is somewhat skewed from being one of the like Magic the Gathering card drafting maniacs. So <laughs> being handed a, a, a big bundle of garbage to to pick out of is sort of familiar. I, I mean, I'm, I was never good at drafting but i know i know the i know the suffering that can be invoked by other people handing you just a pile of hot garbage to pick from adam what about you
2: uh i i come from yeah i come from a a long a pretty big background of playing magic the gathering so um for me this is this is how i actually got into seven wonders was um a bunch of friends that I draft with, like we used to play a whole lot of limited. Uh, We used to play a lot of drafts, all that sort of stuff. And um, there, there comes a point when you're just like, you know, usually in a, in a certain set or something like that in magic, where you're just like, man, I've really kind of, had enough of this set in a limited capacity. Like there's just not enough variation or whatever to me. Um, and then one of my friends actually pointed this out and says, oh, well, if you like card drafting, uh, maybe you should try, um, seven wonders. And I was like, well, okay, tell me more. So we, we went and, and, and he showed me the ropes of seven wonders. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, like this, this is something I can definitely, this is something I can definitely get behind. And, um, it's, it scratches that itch of, of wanting a limited air quotes, limited experience. And when I say limited, I mean, MTG magic, the gathering limited experience, which is, you know, drafting sealed that, that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's fun. It's a, just a different take on it. My personal opinion about Seven Wonders is that it plays best at five, six, or seven. I know that the general consensus, from what I've read um, on Board Game Geek and stuff like that, is the the bulk of people seem to feel it plays best at four. My take on that is that at four players, there's just not enough. Like, you don't have enough people battling for the same end. Um, so you don't have enough people who are battling for science. You don't have enough people who are battling for for the civil cards, right? Um, again, this is just my take on it. Maybe you have something completely different from your own experiences, and that's awesome. Um, my take, it plays best at five. It, it does scratch a really good itch of of wanting a limited experience but not wanting to play Magic. Now, of course, like any game, I mean, it can absolutely reach a point of diminishing returns. Um, I have played some of the expansions. I've not played Babel, where you're building the Tower of Babel, which is...
0: That's what it was called, Babel.
2: Yep, yep. Although I own it. I own it but have not played it. Um, Again, the the same group that we talked about a few weeks ago when we were talking about seasons, that same group, uh, myself, Debbie, and a couple others, we played a, also a ridiculous amount of seven wonders because three of the four of us, um, so, everyone but Debbie was uh, fairly serious Magic the Gathering players who enjoyed playing limited formats. So um we played a whole lot of Seven Wonders. Um I still I still quite like the game. I still think it's very good. It makes you think. Uh again, I just for my own personal tastes, I definitely like it at a higher player count just because it it creates not not necessarily more conflict in the sense of like more military conflict but more conflict as in you know if i pass this card what are the chances that it's going to come back around to me and when you're when you're playing with like i said with five six or seven people well i mean it's seven you you're just not getting it back right there's seven cards in the hand or possibly eight cards in the hand i guess cuz you you burn one at the end Anyways, the seven or eight cards in your hand, if you're playing with seven players, you only see every single, you only see any hand once. So you just need to make the absolute best possible decision on that hand based on what is put in front of you. And that, that's it. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. It's, and it's, and that's, that's part of what I, that's part of what I, I really get um excited about with this game
0: yeah for sure it's like uh it's like all the all the fun of drafting without having to uh you know play magic for three more hours if that's not your thing
3: (laughs) have we talked about the art on this on the cards the art no yeah is there anything notable about the art
1: it's nice it's
2: it's nice it's
1: really nice
0: it's specific to the ages yes it's it's you know uh,
1: campaign setting appropriate
0: the guy in the Senate does not have a a cell phone. Uh, they are not, you know it's a it's appropriate. It's clear. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it takes um... up like three quarters of the card, so it's you know it's it's nice.
1: That's the thing about cards, though.
3: It's not cartoony either, right? Like no, it's realistic. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's not stylized
0: very much. Yeah, it's kind no.
1: of got a realistic style to it. It's not yeah overly stylized or cartoonish.
0: A lot of it is almost like uh, you know, it could be like backhandedly educational. Yeah, um, in a way, you know,
1: loosely, very loosely educational. And plus, you know, you you get a spread them all over your table. So that's that's the <laughs> other that's the other hand other side of having cards.
0: Yeah, I think I, I, I tend to forget, especially since we played this online, that this game does take up like a horrific amount of room sometimes, especially when you're playing like especially for a card game, you can end up having a real cluttered cluttered tableau of, of stuff. And you don't even really get to see a lot of the art because you sort of look at it, you look at it for the symbols and then you tuck it away, never to be seen again. So it's kind of a... Kind of a strange situation you got yourself in where it's just really nice, nice accurate depictions of what, you know, uh, the Roman Senate might look like or whatever. And then you grab that card and stick it under your thing to show that you made six points and then never look at it again. Yep. Um Yeah, don't have much else to say about the art. It's it's there. Um, They don't give you a pronunciation guide for things like halicarnassus, which could be very helpful. Um, (laughs) I think somebody called it halitosis. I called it halitosis because the text is very small on Board Game Arena, and I couldn't be bothered to actually read it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um... At the end of the day, for review, I'm on a keep or not keep sort of system where I decide whether I would, like, keep a game around in my collection or throw it away. Um, I'm kind of on the fence on this one. I I think I'd lean towards keeping it around because it is one of the, like, more approachable, easier to understand, uh, avenues for understanding or learning or playing card drafting. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, it won a bunch of awards for a reason, um... I've got all the expansions or a bunch of expansions. So I haven't, and I haven't really tucked into those. Um, I I just don't reach for it very often. I do agree with Debbie that probably online is sort of the way to go with this This is a lot of uh, in the same vein as a lot of card games where you can sort of just like get into a game with, complete strangers um because in a lot of these games you're also not really like talking about the game or having communication with anybody other than the two scumbags that you're sitting next to anyway so i mean playing with complete randos is probably fine so you can sort of get in scratch that itch for playing some uh some card drafting games uh avoid all of the shuffling and uh, awkward staring at people while they're trying to pick their cards. Um, I think the only thing that you really miss out on is sort of, you know, being able to share time with your friends in person, which is something that I'm starting to deeply miss as we are going on so long with this pandemic. But anyway, going back to nice and happy things, um, <laughs> you know, online, it's it's fast to breeze. Um, I recommend checking it out. Um, playing it in person is great, too, because you get to give shoe people a shit-eating grin as you hand them uh, just a handful of hot garbage that you you know that they don't want. Um, But again, even when you hand them a bunch of crap that they don't need, they can still use it to build their wonder, they can still use it to get money, which is you know, always necessary for trade as well as it's basically just a point if you have it lying around. So, you know, even when you're handing people hot bunches of trash, it's still not that bad. Um, This game is interesting to learn. It takes a lot to figure out and master, and it's just generally good. I recommend, uh, you know, checking it out. I don't think I'll be throwing it away. Um, It just doesn't come out that often for me. Also, I don't usually have like seven fucking people over. So, you know, that's uh, another thing too. Fair point. Uh, Justin.
1: Hey, uh, so i'm I'm trying to stay on the uh, the old uh, keep or not keep train here and uh, I don't actually own this game uh, even though I've played it a lot I, I had a couple friends that had it each and uh, it it came out quite a bit and I feel like it's a really good introduction and kind of game about that focuses on that that card drafting experience uh, without having a lot of exterior conflicts like having to negotiate or you know attacking your neighbor uh it, it does a really good job at at doing its its main thing and uh i also enjoy how each of the nations is you know kind of uh well unique uh I, yeah i enjoy how each of the nations is unique and Even just getting a different nation can be interesting and like kind of starting those gears turning about how, you know, what, what should I focus on here? What should I go for first? You know, what do I need down the road? Uh, So yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting game, Um, but it's probably not, if, if I, if I had it, uh, it's a game that I would keep, but having not own that, but since I don't own it, it's also kind of a game that I myself wouldn't pick up um mostly just because i've i've, I've played it a lot and um I, I guess that itch has been scratched and uh, you know i've kind of moved on to two other games that uh, that interest me more uh these days but if you haven't played it uh I, it's an easy recommendation to uh to kind of get into that, uh, card drafting kind of experience. And, you know, with the simple rules, even though it's hard to master, uh, it's pretty, it plays quite well with all ages. Um, uh, and, uh, it, it's something that everyone can kind of learn together. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a good game. Uh, how about you, Debbie?
3: This game has kind of taken the, uh, I guess, taken the the place of the card drafting games in our house. Um, Like, I'm sure I've mentioned a hundred other times, things like seasons are gone. Um, And so this is, you know, this, this game really does kind of sit into that in that spot for us I guess this um, holds on to the, onto the place of, of the card drafting games. Um, it's tough to play, it's tough to bring out not everybody really um, finds it the easiest and the most approachable game so it's hard to really bring out but um, with that being said I mean I think the digital version is probably going to be the more common uh, game for us to play. Uh, I'm on a five point scale I Give this a four out of five. I mean, if you have the chance to play it, um, you know, I I I suggest you do. I don't think that there's really any um, any downside to a game like this. Um, card drafting is is quite fun. I, I do enjoy it. So um, yeah, I, I definitely will kind of jump on that. But um, I don't think it's that expensive of a game either. I mean, it's a standard box size. Um, I don't remember if it's that expensive, but sure. Base game is not bad in
2: the end. Yeah. The, the base game is not that bad. Just, um, I mean, it's, it's first of all, I mean, it's been, it's been around for so long, right? That it's <laughs> sorry. It's, um, sorry. It's been around for so long that it's, it's the, anybody who's strictly looking for it probably already has it. Um, and therefore the demand is not, is not crazy, which helps keep the price point down. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still very accessible and still very popular.
0: I think you can pick it up at like, I think it is one is one of the ones that is sold at like Walmart. So
3: Oh, we'll see. There you go. I mean, over magic, I'm sure that you'll save yourself a million dollars or something close <laughs> to you. Oh my God.
0: Uh, at least a million dollars.
3: Straight up. Straight That's up.
0: so i had yeah. i had to get into podcasting because of my magic the gathering from 20 years ago it still hasn't paid off
3: <laughs> oh god um but yeah so i give it a four out of five i think that it's a game that everybody should kind of try um and you know especially if you're a drafting connoisseur um, and you enjoy that kind of game like i do um, it's really good um adam how about you
2: uh i'm on a, a 10 point scale and uh, this game for me is an eight and a half out of ten um it's good it's 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 fun it brings in if this is a really good gateway game to other card drafting games like maybe if you're not if you're not super comfortable or you don't fully understand how card drafting works this is a great introduction to just that um it's 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 easy it's easy to to kind of get um once you once you play a game or two of it you you completely under it's fairly easy to pick up the the whole card drafting mentality and concept it's it's competitive but not obnoxiously so it's The, the, like we said earlier, the cards are, are easy to look at. There's, you know, the, the picture covers a good portion of the card and the art style is quite nice. It's, it's worth it. Like, you know, if you, if you can get your hands on a copy, just do so you won't be disappointed. Um, check it out. Check it out.
0: All right, cool. Uh, I guess that's it. Well, thank you so much for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you want to get hold of any of us, uh, you can use uh, email. You can do collapsinggameshelf at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at cgspodcast. You can find me on Twitter at tom if you want to talk to me for some reason. And uh, if you want to help us out, you can do the like and subscribe and uh, rate review sort of thing on iTunes if you if you want to help us out. Also, just sharing it around would be good. Uh, so thank you in advance for that. Uh, Justin, you got anything?
1: Uh, well, hey, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at DontTrustJustin. And you can let me know what was your favorite wonder of the ancient world. Remember, there are only wrong answers. How about you, Debbie?
3: Um, if you want to get a hold of me, you can get me at, at Mrs. Wynn, that's at M R S W H Y N. And as Tom mentioned, um, there's ways to get a hold of us as a group, um, email and Twitter. Twitter: CGS at CGS Podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. We'd like to hear what you like and what you don't like. If there's anything you think we should try, uh, we're still, as we mentioned, on the online platforms. So we do have access to a lot of things, and between all of us we do have a lot of board games. So so chances are, I would hazard, we probably, one of us, might actually own what you're thinking. So let us know. Uh, and We'd love to hear from you. Adam, how about you?
2: If you're looking to get a hold of myself, you can catch me on uh, social media at ForTheWin, F-O-R-T-H-E-W-H-Y-N. Uh, you can also catch me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Um I am currently all over the place. We got... The Walking Dead Telltale series on the go uh, over on the channel. We have uh, Valheim, which has absolutely taken the gaming community by storm. That is happening. Uh, Final Fantasy is an ongoing thing that we do on Fridays. Check me out uh, Thursday and Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Saturday, Sunday mornings at 11 a eleven thirty 30 a.m eastern
0: yeah cool 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 all right thank you again so much for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode uh i hope you have a great rest of your day and we will be back at you next week with something fun thanks again
1: bye bye